Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi guys, welcome into the Friday edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are going to be joined by our Friday co-host, John Colosimo, in just a moment. Before we get there, I want to remind you of two things going on at the OBR. The first thing is the 50% off an annual OBR VIP membership. Okay, so this is happening starting at midnight. I'm talking to you guys here. John and I are together on Thursday, but you're going to listen to this on Friday morning. So it is a live deal. And here are some reasons to subscribe. You get a Paramount Plus deal for free that comes with this. If you have a family or, heck, you could be by yourself and you watch Paramount Plus and a lot of opportunities that you heard me talk about on this pod, my son's uh, ridiculous love for Paw Patrol. It's worth that in and of itself, which is a $9.99 monthly value. That's ad-free Paramount Plus. You get access to the entire 247 Sports Network. That's not just the OBR unlocked with everything it's included. It's also all of the other landing sites that are hosted by 247, including the college, the recruiting, and all of it. You support the only standalone credentialed site for fans, this community at the OBR since the mid-90s. And every single dollar that you subscribe with us supports every piece of work that we do, Twitch streams, forums, all of it. Join today, 50% off of that. That runs through the uh, 1159 of 316, so into next week. Take advantage of that, guys. Please, please, please support the OBR. Another thing that we have that's coming up that's pretty fun through the Twitch that we run, as you guys know, is the only partner Twitch site of the uh, of really one of the few of the NFL right now, certainly the only Cleveland Browns-based one, is the subathon that we're doing on the first day of legal tampering, which is Monday. We're going to go live on Twitch at 11 a.m. We're going to have a watch-along party. We're going to be here minimum of three hours, maximum of eight. We'll see how crazy the Browns get. We've seen them have some wild starts to free agency in the past, so we will definitely be here for at least three hours. We'll see where that goes. As we know, tamperings period starts Monday. They come to deal agreements. They can't officially be signed until later in the week, but that's uh, that's something that we're putting out on Monday, so if you're sitting around, you work from home, throw us up on your Twitch, uh, your Twitch channel and hang out with us and talk about the Cleveland Browns free agency. We'll be there. It'll be me, Steve, Corey. All of us will be in and out of the show. We'll have some other guests that come in too, so check that out. John Colosimo, it's Friday. Welcome into the show, man. Pumped to to chat with you. And we were talking off air. The big news really for today from the sports world is that baseball is back. Does that resonate with you or are you uh has the ship sailed for, for you in baseball, John? No, nah, I'm all the way out. You know it's all the way uh, out. <laughs> all the way out. But <laughs> I am excited for those of you who are excited about it. I dig that. I dig it. Uh, we, so I grew up, I was lucky enough to play three sports and like, I remember wanting to give one up in high school because I just was wanted to be a high school kid. You know, not many high school kids get a season off cause you play them all growing up. And like, I just always get the, the, when winter hits and, and, and the clocks fall back, I'm always like, man, it's basketball season in the gyms. It's darker sooner. Love that vibe. And then every spring, man, when the weather starts to break, I just I itch to watch baseball. Not that I'm always like sticking through the summer all the time. Um, not not that I'm always as fully committed late as football gets close, but 
I just, I don't know. I always enjoy the seasons and I really grew up going up to Cleveland and watching games at the Jake and progressive. And when I started writing in general, I started, I started really doing some stuff on the Indians before I got over to football. I was trying to figure out what the, what the hell I was going to write about. And, uh, the, the Indian 16 run was a lot of stuff that inspired me to write a little bit. So always baseball gets me going a little bit. Not that I'm a diehard baseball fan, but I'm, a, I mean, you know, just kind of like the season turn and I mean, admittedly a pretty big fan of the show baseball game too, John. So that's, that's another part <laughs> for me. That'll so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big news. Otherwise on the, uh, on the NFL front is that two quarterbacks, one moved, one didn't. Not surprised by Aaron Rodgers, never really, to me, to me, again, I'm not trying to prove I'm the smartest guy in the room with this stuff the way some people do, never felt like Aaron was really going anywhere. It truly was retirement or Green Bay, so not at all surprised about that. Then Russell Wilson to Denver was a was really a connection I had not heard much of. It seemed to be everybody trying to connect Aaron to Denver. So when that shook out, it came out of the blue, because I saw a tweet this mo- that morning that said, like, it was around lunchtime and like, man, Schefter's quiet today. What's going on? And then that news broke like two hours later. So your reaction to Russell Wilson on the move to Denver, who Cleveland does avoid on the schedule next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, that's a, a move that you can make if uh, if you're Denver. Uh, they've done it um, before, uh, albeit without giving up the kind of draft capital that they did this time. Um, I think, you know, it's – to me, it's a little more – obviously, we're in the AFC. So, uh, yes, that's interesting from a, uh, a gauntlet standpoint and from the AFC West standpoint. Um, but from a from an NFL perspective, just in general, it's way more interesting to me from the Seahawks side. Um, you know, they had had this thing brewing for years where, you know, I, I think ever since they gave him his second deal, you know, they were never quite on the same page. They struggled to get him that second deal, um, even though he probably saved Pete Carroll's job. Um, and, you know, there was the obvious philosophies that, uh, you know, conflicted throughout, mm-hmm. especially this last, like, five years. So, like, to me, it's, you know, I look at it from, like, a Seattle fan standpoint, and I could not imagine how it would feel about, um, especially going through the last few years and, and how Pete Carroll is going about trying to win games and, uh, you know, trading multiple first rounders for a safety uh, that they had to then, you know, sign to a, you know, a, a market rate deal and then to let go of, you know, what is so hard to get. It's really, really hard to get Hall of Fame quarterback play and to, to let that go with, you know, who knows, you know, five, six years left in that, in that tank to, to trade that away. This is not Bernie Kosar and dimensioning skills here. This is, you know, Russell Wilson is a very good player. Um, you know, one of the best, I think over the course of, you know, our fandoms. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that's where it's very interesting to me. And, you know, wh- what do I feel like? I feel like I'm, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the classic meme with that little girl smiling as the building is burning behind her, you know, (laughs) because I think they're absolutely going to squander these picks unless they just, you know, unless they go out and they, you know, they snag, you know, Malik Willis or something like that. And it just, you know, miraculously hits or, you know, um, 
if if they don't just get saved somehow by a miraculous quarterback pick uh, in the next two years, uh, I think that goes down in flames. You know, uh, Pete's like seventy something right now, seventy two, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just he's not going to tank. He's not going to tank. So you know, they have made such terrible moves with their draft capital for for years now uh, in general, and uh, God, I just uh, I feel bad for like true Seattle fans, but as a, as a spectator, uh, I'm watching for the crash and burn. I never liked Pete Carroll, like in general, like, I mean, I, I think back to, you know, when he was kicking butt at USC, sneaky Pete. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so that stuff lingers and kind of, you know, uh, I'm going to piss some people off here. Uh, but kind of just uh, like I enjoyed, um, urban kind of crashing and burning and uh, in Jacksonville this year, which now already seems like a lifetime ago. Um, I kind of uh, hope that they don't get lucky on these picks and he gets to bail out of his, you know, what I've seen as just, you know, kind of dinosaur style football the last uh, several years with a hall of fame quarterback. So I'd like to see them pay for that uh, meaning the organization, not the fans, but you know, that's me. Well, the thing that's, that's, the the salt on the wound right is like is not only does the same day they trade russell wilson they let go of bobby wagner who's like i mean he's up there with with richard sherman and and cam chancellor is the guys that defined a decade of defense there it'd be like absolute hall of famer absolutely oh yeah it's it would be like if if the browns had had a quarterback say they had drafted roethlisberger and they decided to trade roethlisberger i know that's kind of a gross thought but like trying to think of a quarter, say they drafted rivers and like they drafted rivers. He had a great career. Then they decided to trade him, you know, like mid late of his career. And then Joe Thomas retired the same day or they cut Joe <laughs> Thomas or something. I mean, I'm just trying to equate it. It's, it yeah, would be, no, it's punch. really insufferable to, to have those things have. So yeah, where they go, I don't know with you. I'm, I have always been just sort of indifferent on Pete Carroll. I, I don't, I, the only reason I, th- I think about Pete Carroll and USC is just I'd like USC to be USC again. I just really like college football when USC is really good. But I was never a, like, God, I love Pete Carroll. You know, I think of USC, I think of Reggie and Matt. You know, I don't really think of Pete. Maybe some people do, but I don't find myself leaning that way. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for Pete Carroll to prosper out there. I'm surprised that he's won whatever war is going on out there. I'm surprised that he's won based on a lot of the examples that you – that you put out and, and, and I don't know, you know, they got some lingering players on that roster, like Tyler Lockett. I mean, I think DK Metcalf just is too big of a player for them to move on from. Maybe they do if they decide to move on from Pete and really bottom out, but they'll maybe move on from him in a few years, but like some Tyler Lockett types. It's always funny. John had said this to Pete Smith and, and, and those uh, him and Nicole the other day on that pod is when, when a team makes a big trade like that is every, every team's Twitter, section is like poking at the roadkill like 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 ravens <laughs> like oh man tyler lockett what about dk what about the like hey man we got no indication that they're they're gonna trade anybody else you know like let's just oh, yeah. let's just see if they're into that sort of thing you know i don't, I don't know so that's the thing about the off season that, that is that is wild to me is everybody wants you to predict 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 and it's like I don't know, man. I don't know if I would trade DK Metcalf for 13. Like, I don't know. I don't, what do you want from me? I don't, I don't know. Though this, like all these prediction requests and I, man, let's, I don't care. I don't care to predict it. I'm just going <laughs> to see what they do. I don't, 
I don't really care. But the thing I did hear that's interesting because you're talking about Malik is the, the, the connection to Detroit it too. The guys at uh, pro football focus are all about Malik. And I uh, think Willis is a real contender to be taken by Detroit that likes him a lot for two. I have not heard anything that high in the draft for him, but I guess in a weird year where you're looking at traits and, I think that the the situation with Mahomes and Herbert and and really Josh Allen's development is changing a lot of quarterback study where where you used to be looking for these guys who were really mechanically sound, right? Like that's the thing. They do these things really well. Now you've got all these like shortstops playing quarterback who can do these different things. And that's almost like we're going to start seeing a a, a bend back to tools. I think, John, where teams are talking about the the rationale for drafting a guy is he's rough around the edges. He's he doesn't do these things well. But man, look at the tools. Look at the tools. And I think that might be a dangerous formula to see reentered again, because that's that to me is a thing that I have just noticed is picking up steam. Well, he does these things wrong. But man, look at the tools. And it's like, well. If you're basing that on some things that have gone on recently, because I, I do believe that like Mahomes is a genuine unicorn, Josh Allen's development, again, not something you see. Historic. And, and historic. it's truly historic. So you're basing some of these things around that. And it's like, I, I just don't really have this huge desire to be back in the quarterback market. But, uh, you know, we, we could, uh, to be honest here, you got to be honest on both sides. The Browns could be back in it as soon as next offseason. We do think they're at least flirting with it this offseason to no result yet. But that is uh, that is definitely uh, just something that I'm keeping my eye on on how quarterback discussions have moved off of. Look at the efficiency, right, of these some of these guys. Efficient, efficient, efficient. They do this well from a quarterback traditional standpoint. They do that. But now it's more like look at the tools of the arm. Look at the, the running ability. So it's moving, man. It's moving quick, and, and it's something I'm paying really close attention to as as we flirt with quarterbacks in Cleveland and and we'll see if Baker can rectify it and I've talked too much about it I promised myself I wouldn't talk anymore after talking to Pete and Nicole about it the other day but like it's uh it's a reality so I have like been one foot in the water looking this year while continuing to trick my brain that CJ Stroud will be somebody they could be serious players for if they get into the market in 23 so uh just a weird thing going on with quarterbacks man yeah, I, th- you know, I, I think they're squarely in the quarterback market again until proven otherwise. I mean, that's just uh, that's just practical planning. You know, they uh, AB's got to be emotionless about this kind of thing, um, and uh, you know, it's not not that I think it actually matters. I think he's already proved that he's not the kind of guy who just jettisons guys because it's you know not his guy, whatever. But um, you know, they've got to be practical. And I'm sure that they looked at anybody who was available uh, this season. I'm all the way out on this class. I don't think Detroit will will play with Willis at two. Uh, if there's somebody that wants to pay that, I don't think there is. I think they'd trade it. Uh, but Dan Campbell, you know, I, it just reads to me just like the uh, 17 draft with the Browns up there. They could have taken Mitch Trubisky, but they grabbed Miles Garrett. And I think that uh, this defensive end class is just too good to ignore. Dan Campbell's a huge trenches guy, either side of the ball. There's no way that I think um, that they are going to bite on a, a poor class. 
you know, because they can they can improve just kind of like we did and still end up with a number one pick next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um, but yeah, like, I, I you know, I think the Browns kicked the tires on everybody that they could. You know, I think A.B. just does that anyway. Um, I think he's really thorough in that in that manner. Um, but uh, I don't think they're biting on anybody in this class either. I don't think they do anything stupid like what happened when uh, the Browns took Kaiser where, you know, you take a guy to appease your head coach um, who you don't believe in, but you toss him a bone and you grab, uh, you know, a second, third round. I I don't think they're going to go that route. Um, You know, and I think that uh, there's every reason to look to this 2023 uh, quarterback class. The trick is, is that you're going to have to add ammunition that we don't have if you want to play ball um, in 2023, first of all, Seattle, by making this, this trade, unless they bite on Willis at nine or take a quarterback at least in the second round. And even then Mm -hmm. you're, you know, that I think that's dicey, but like you need at this point, looking at ammo, you need Seattle to take a quarterback in this draft or else you can kiss, you know, Stroud or, you know, um, you better like more than one guy. Let me put it that yeah. way. Um, unless they take a guy. So it's interesting. The Browns just don't, they're not going to have the ammo. They're not going to go four and 13 They're, You know, at worst, I think they could end up with the same season as they had last year. I don't even think they'll do that. I think that they'll do a little bit better. So um, I do too. Know, I do too. It's just, uh, I do too. if you want to play in the game next year, you're going to have to add some assets. Well, that's, that's a big reason I have been, pretty public now the last week or so being like i would trade down i i think is there a giant difference between the wide receiver you could get at 13 and 25 i don't really think so i don't i don't think it's that big uh maybe there's an edge that they fall in love with at 13 and want to take and that changed but i i'm with you i am very much i did the mock draft dueling show that we did on twitch i went down to 18 and gathered an extra second and then went down to from 18 to to 2029 20, and grabbed a first next year looking at like an extra when I came out of it at the end was an extra first and second next year that's what you're going to have to do you know you're going to have to have somebody that wants to come up and get one of those quarterbacks jump up and at that point you know you can you can make a play for extra assets next year maybe that doesn't appease many people but that's an angle I think you could you could take and if they did that it would indicate to me that they're looking at next year as a means to keep assets in their pocket because i do think you can draft a wide receiver still in the 20s and still really improve based on what they do with free agency and still even be a better than an eight win that's the thing we keep forgetting they were miserable last year john absolutely miserable and they won eight games i do think they're going to be better i think their health luck is going to turn so i do think they're going to be better but you could still have the ammunition to if people will be like, well, hey, man, if Stroud's as good as you're saying or Bryce Young's as good as you're saying, you know, that they, they won't be there. Well, it's like, okay, so gather as much ammunition as you can that if a team, say the Chargers, I know they just made a big deal for Khalil Mack, but say they lost Justin Herbert for the year, right? Sure. Or the Cincinnati Bengals are example. You know, after Joe Joe's rookie year tears his ACL, they're not going to get a quarterback, they're going to be interested in deals, right? So mm-hmm. there are always teams at the top. And don't tell me that good quarterbacks always get taken first. Mahomes and Watson were 12 and 10. So it, all it takes is CJ Stroud going into the draft and like, ah, man, but another Ohio State quarterback, man. And this is this is the same Justin Fields. And, and you know, it's, it's the same. And then Fields is not 
done. You know, it's obviously got a whole future here, but Haskins is the better example, right? So, you know, the Ohio State quarterbacks get the stigma. So, I mean, I'm I'm just talking. There's so much to be decided. There's probably a quarterback that we don't even talk much about right now that could have a fantastic year next year and puts himself in the conversation. It always seems to go that way. But again, like to the original point you were making, asset collection is extremely appealing to me because what happened with Denver and why Russell Wilson was so interested in them is because they were set at important parts. Why was Tom Brady so interested in Tampa? And I know that wasn't a trade, but they had wide receiver was figured out, right? They were going to draft an offensive lineman and be in good position there. Like the thing with Denver's, they got three pretty good wide receivers. They got the running back rookie that was really good in Williams. They've got a strong offensive line, good enough offensive line. You know, maybe they don't have a good tight end, but they could always go out and sign one here in free agency or go out and fill that fill a hole along the offensive line there. And then they still have some picks they can make in the draft and a a defense that's usually pretty good. So that's where Cleveland would want to be after next year. And that doesn't mean that Baker Mayfield's out of the picture. Baker could have a good year and it solves a bunch of stuff. And hey, man, I got two first round picks next year. I don't really care anyway. You know, (laughs) I got two first round picks. I'll find a way to use them. So, you know, just just saying that you're going to gather assets does not mean you're ruling out Baker Mayfield already, but I think it's playing both ends. You got it. You got to really be careful and protect yourself. And I thought an illuminating comment was that Andrew Barry said that they go into the draft like it's an expansion. And if you're an expansion team, what are you looking for above all else? You're looking to solve quarterback. So you, they're looking. They're looking. Doesn't mean they're going to act. And I still firmly believe Baker Mayfield will be back. And I fleshed out all my opinions on him. He'll be back this year unless there's some huge deal, which. I don't want to do personally. I I don't want to do, but they could do it. Uh, But I fully expect him to be back and given a chance to have a nice fifth year. And I do think he'll be better than he was last year. But then the ultimate decision is, is he worth the investment still based on him being just back to the form he was in 2020? Because we, again, I'm not going into it, but I've talked about the limitations and things that come with that. So I'm talking asset collection as a means to protect yourself for next year. But if you if you get the jackpot here and Baker Mayfield figures out the NFL has a huge eureka, then, hey, man, let's use these two first round picks for something or whatever. It's not it's not a good situation to have for me. So if you view this year, you get to pick 13 and you don't view much of a difference between Traylon Burks and Chris Olave or Jahan Dotson at the end of the first round, then make the trade, gather assets, accumulate stuff. And I think you have a uh, I think you have another spicy take about how they could go about getting some more assets. Talk about people being grumpy with you. Let's hear this one. Oh, sure. Let's get people pissed. Um, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, truly if the Browns want to um, set themselves up for a, a real shot at um, at a quarterback in this, you know, which is the opposite of, uh, of this year, uh, a very mm-hmm. rich, what looks to be a rich QB draft. Uh, it's not just a single guy, so you don't have to focus in so hard. When you look at uh, the ways that the Browns can gather assets, there's not that many options. Uh, but one does uh, one does say a lot to me, and that's Denzel Ward. Um, it's not that I don't think Denzel is worth the contract that you would give him, but that is a very young player at a premium position that you will have to pay market price for. And I think that is a guy that has a real market who you could get first round plus compensation for if you wanted to move him. And, uh, you know, I have a general philosophy, you know, about defense, 
myself, which is, uh, I, you know, I personally, I, I like, um, I like putting the money into the defensive line. I think that's a more consistent, you know, you buy the pressures. Uh, I think that's a good way to spend your dollars. Um, whereas I like spending draft picks in, uh, in the secondary. And so when you're faced with, you know, paying Denzel top dollar, we all know we've had him here. And like, I, I don't actually like think that the injury thing is that big a deal. I don't, I don't think you could be chased away from, you know, the soft tissue stuff like that. Uh, I wouldn't, uh, I certainly would not just let him go in free agency. I would either sign him or trade him. Uh, that being said, he's not Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, he's not, uh, Deion Sanders. He's not, uh, you know, some of the best guys I've seen in my lifetime. He's very good. He's very It's the good. same He's thing with good. David. It's the same thing with David where I think you're right, John, and I'll, I'll, I'll just, this little caveat and let you get back to your point, which is interesting, is like David is trying to reset the tight end market. I've heard 15 million is what his side's brought to the table. And I'm like, Brilliant. hey man, I, I like you. I like you as a player. I want you here. But you going to the table expecting to reset the tight end market is bananas. It's bananas. And the same thing, and I think David's good, but he is not in that group. He's not a Mark Andrews Kelsey. He is not a, a Kittle. He's just not. He's below that group. So that argument's crazy to me. And the same with Denzel. I think Denzel's a very good player. I think he's he's very good. He's ve- He helps. He Im- immensely helps. But you're right. He's not Tredavious. He is not Jalen Ramsey. He is not... Uh, at at, at peak of his powers, Stefan Gilmore, the past few years before he got let go from new England. Like he's not that he's just, he's not, maybe he could get there, but that's the gamble, right? He's going to want 20 a year and that's Ramsey money. Oh yeah. No, he absolutely is. And you know, uh, that's kind of the way it goes. And you really just gotta be, it's like having that quarterback who is just below that, you know, that truly franchise franchise, changing type guy you know like well they're gonna ask for market setting deal and that's where you could get put in a, a tough situation and i just think that uh, there's guys on the there's guys on the market you know you could look at a jc jackson you could you know and um you know as much as the the thing gets floated around like where cleveland's not a destination you know blah 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 uh ab has pretty much gotten who he's wanted for these last two years that you mm-hmm. shouldn't take that away from him. He's gone out and he's gotten the guys um, that, you know, and there hasn't been a limitation in that regard, like people tend to put on Cleveland over the years. Um, so you can go out and get a guy um, or you, you know, the way things could, I'll tell you what, there's, there's not that many people that I think are worth the 13th pick who are legitimate contenders to be there. There's a handful Two of them are cornerbacks. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's an option there. And, um, you know, like if, if Denzel can bring you a one and a two or, you know, something like that uh, in, in, in a future draft, you know, I think that that's – I don't know anybody else on this roster that you could do that with. Um, that no, is worth that not. kind of you – know, so, uh, yeah, that's – you know, if if we're talking about trying to be a player next year – uh, you know, as hey, uh, that's that's probably the only guy on this roster that is movable for that kind of asset, you know, return. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a good point. It's a good point. He's the only one because he doesn't carry a cap hit too. you know, that part of it's appealing for Cleveland. If he's traded, he doesn't carry a cap hit um, that would that would that would carry over. I was trying to remember what Jalen Ramsey was traded for. I think he was traded for a couple of ones, I think a couple mm-hmm. of ones and a two, but I could be wrong. They get they got two first round draft picks and a fourth. So yeah, that's right. So Listen, I wouldn't expect him to go for that, but your one and two is not uh, far off there. You know, it got me thinking, too. They have not, you know, the Miles deal, they were convinced Miles was the real deal, and they were like, okay, we're just going to get this done. They got that done with Miles after, did they get that done going into his fit? No, it was after year three, before year four. It was 20. So... Let me see. Let me make sure on that. I think it was the summer of 20. So after year three, going into year four. So right now you have Denzel going into year five without a new deal. They tend to extend guys early. They've already extended Nick, right? They found that angle. And like, it's just interesting. Now, again, I don't think that, that, that there's going to not be a deal happen. I think it's more summer months. I had Jack, Jack Duffin will come on to this pod a little later. Uh, in the weekend, he's going to do a salary cap primer with me where he was talking about typically they look to do these deals in the summer after the draft has settled down and free agency and all of that. It was like July, mid-July when they did the Miles extension. So um, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't, think, I don't think they're as convinced about Denzel in terms of if the two sides were as convinced about each other, right, John, like they would have already gotten a deal done. I think Denzel might want more than what they're willing to pay right now. And it becomes interesting. Now there's the other side of it. And, and it's that, Hey, we, we draft, I think Pete Smith made a good point about this, where it seems like the Browns are trying to honor contracts. They give Conklin Hooper. As of now, there is a, is a, is a slight feeling they're trying to honor those contracts. So, you know, you go out, you you hit on an Ohio-grown player, a guy from Northeast Ohio who's got a lot of appeal growing up there in Ohio State, and 
has done well in Cleveland. So that part of it to just ship him off would be tough, right? Like that, that part of, uh, that part of connecting to your fan base. And I know I, I winning connects you to your fan base more than anything, but there is that angle too, John, that is, that is True. interesting. So I'm not saying that if this, let me put it this way. I don't prefer this route. I think I'd like to see Denzel here, but he's still very young. I think he's going to play this year at just 25. Um, so extremely young. He will be a team, a player that if it's floated, that he is available Teams will be very interested. Do you want Stingley? Do you want Andrew Booth? Or do you want Denzel Ward? I think it's a simple decision to make. So that angle is there uh, if, if teams are, are after him. If it if it happened and they got a return like we saw with Ramsey there, you just referenced, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset about it. I wouldn't lose sleep about the Browns being significantly worse because I think they got some corners that are young guys that are more than capable. And we've seen it, right? So... Um, I don't expect it. I don't sit here and hunt that thing as like an angle, but it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'll give you that much, man. It's interesting. And it is a way, the one way, uh, because this is the one guy of value on the roster that you could really gather assets and not put a big dent on your dead cap for years to come. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and you know, I hate to, I think more so than seeing, uh, because you hate to do a thing like trade him for assets and then immediately spend 13 on his replacement. That's generally like a, a yeah. bad way to go about it. But, but if you, you know, uh, and you, you don't get to do this really, but you know, we're on a podcast, so we can, but if you have on one hand, JC Jackson, um, and, uh, and Denzel Ward for similar money. So you could have JC Jackson, and a one and a two, or you can have Denzel Ward. That's not a hard decision for me. You no, know? I I definitely get the philosophy on that. Yeah, I'm I'm totally cognizant of it. It it can make sense in a in a podcast. And listen, don't don't go to Twitter and be like, oh, this is Brown's <laughs> podcast where they're talking about they want to trade Denzel. We're not saying that. He's the, John's making a point about the asset value. And if they were to, to look at what assets they had to get future assets, that is a, it's a realistic one that could be there. I, I think you would agree, John, putting a percentage on something like this, 10%. Yeah. Maybe nah, I mean, it's not definitely high. Definitely under 20. Definitely. Yeah. 20. It's not, it's not high, but if that sort of thing happened, it would be like, I could get to the point. I definitely understand their angle. And, so, and I'm telling but, you, you're crazy. If you tell yourself that they're not wargaming this, you know, they are sure. doing this. They are constantly doing this with just about everybody on the roster, you know, that is feasible, you know, to trade. They're, they're thinking about it. And that's what you do. You put everything on the table. You, you know, you consider every option, every angle, uh, you know, once, and then you've done your homework. If you haven't done that, if you, if you're just saying, oh, I, you know, I just never do that. We're just, you know, that's crazy. Then, you know, you're, you're turning a blind eye to uh, long term and, and AB's thinking long term. So don't, you know, don't come at me with uh, that. They haven't considered this, that they don't probably already know how this goes. They've already probably war gamed it. And they, yeah. you know, whatever decision that they make, whatever you see them do with Denzel, they have talked about this as a counter or, mm -hmm. you know, so. Like Miles is absolutely 1 million percent off the table. You could right. offer that's a bunch about of it. dumb things. <laughs> and, that's you know, about, and that's about you know, it. 
and who they signed maybe last year, you know, like Wyatt yeah. Teller isn't going anywhere, you know, um, Betonio isn't going anywhere with those. Partly because those guys wouldn't yield some crazy return that would make the 100%. cap hit worth it. Miles in a weird fantasy world, Miles, if someone called like and said, Hey, we'll give you, we'll give you Mahomes because we're tired of him for, for miles, you know, you'd be like, Oh, okay. But like for the <laughs> most part, for the most part, you, there's not a deal that is digestible for the cap hit and getting assets back. Miles is probably the only fantasy world one who could get that type of, uh, of, of asset return that can make a stumble. But even then it's a wild cap hit that was just fantasy land anyway. So you're talking about, again, if the Browns were all in on, and I'm not saying they're not, but I think they have a price point in mind of belief with Denzel that they have all these sides have already talked. There's not a doubt about it. They have said Denzel's representatives have said, Hey, here's what we think he's worth. And the Browns have countered it and talked about it. They are not in an agreement on a deal yet. Could that change this summer? Absolutely. But if they were following a path, which I believe in the guardrails that they put out all those years ago, it's like, Hey, we want to extend guys early. We want to extend them early. And a deal would have been done last off season, but there was not because I think they wanted to get a little bit more data from Denzel, less data than they needed on Baker, but they still wanted to get some data on Denzel. Now it was good. Maybe Denzel's number now is too high or too low. I don't know. Maybe they haven't even talked yet. And they said this summer we'll actually get together and it happens could happen. But if you're looking at the roster, who is going to not have long-term ramifications on our cap, who is going to yield a nice return that if somebody like, um, I'm trying to think of a of a good team. Maybe Oakland uh, is not a team anymore. The the Vegas Raiders call or somebody, <laughs> and they have an appeal to like, well, they could bottom out and their their pick could be worth it. They give us two ones and a four. Boy, is that really hard to turn down? You know, like you got to be prepared, and the only way that you're prepared to act on an offer like that is by laying out here's our most tradable assets and what would it take to move that type of player. So. There's not a doubt these conversations have been had in Berea that you and I are having. Does it mean they don't like Denzel Ward? Absolutely not. Does it mean we don't want Denzel Ward on the Browns? Absolutely not. But the right deal at the right time comes along. Any player can be traded. I mean, it, it can it can happen. There are team building ramifications you're always cognizant of. And Denzel carries more baggage there than the average guy. Like, you know, if Greg Newsom was up for this sort of scenario in three years, I think there's a bit more homegrown attachment, Ohio State attachment, all of that at play there. You don't want to consider them, but you have to. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's 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 interesting. It's but it, it, I think it's nice to present this to fans as this is the stuff that they do talk about, whether you want to believe it and you think it's tabloid clickbait stuff. It's not. They talk about all of this. This is all they do. They're they're all Cleveland Browns every minute, every day. Like they're having conversations <laughs> about every single thing possible. But before we go, John, I want to hit two, two more topics. I want to give you a chance to get your reactions out there on the Hooper thing right now. Again, nothing is, nothing is set in stone on Hooper. And, and like, I get the angle that he's a $2 million player. If you keep him because he's 11 and a quarter, if you cut him and he's only 13 and a quarter, if you keep him, so you might as well just not throw $11 million away, right? You can keep him for only $2 million. I get it. Still think he's cuttable if they go out and solve some things, whether through the draft or free agency, and they're just keeping Hooper kind of protected in their in their setup just in case they don't solve some things. So I wanted to get your opinion on that decision. And then today, Brad Stainbrook with the OBR put out what people have been telling him, solid sources, that Clowney 
is pretty much out of Cleveland. He has moved out left and has no intentions of coming back unless the Browns make a big offer. So that's that's another angle. And, you know, that the part that sucks is obviously they still owe Clowney some cat money next year. And I don't know. I think we all kind of knew that the, the direction it could go with Clowney, but you were hoping that maybe by this point with free agency set to hit next week, there could have been some ground closed between them to figure something out. But it seems like it's going to be a true bidding war for him. So reaction to those two fellas. Yeah, I, you know, if you'd asked me a year ago, I think I did have this argument probably with Jack, you know, about how there was no way you're going to um, cut Hooper. Um, but now I, you know, I see the logic in it. I, and really it, it comes, it's not about the $2 million versus, you know, anything else. I, you know, it's about opportunity costs. Um, you know, you, now you've gone and you've franchised um, Njoku. And he thinks that he's worth a lot of money. And uh, certainly uh, most of us, well, most of us uh, around in our circles, Jake, like we want to see him get the ball more. And uh, Hooper has just been so massively underwhelming that, you know, I just can't imagine this guy getting another 60 targets. Um, That's lost, John. He was absolutely terrible. Yep. Terrible. Terrible. Okay, keep going. I just had to say it yeah. again. He was so bad, and people are forgetting that point. Yeah, I did. Like that's and that's how you have to frame it. You know, it's not about the money here. You think about sixty targets in your offense going to this guy in a in a time that we're trying to get more explosive. That we're probably going to let go of Landry for that reason. Uh, you know, I just can't imagine a uh, a reason that opportunity costs. That's what you're talking about. Forget the salary. Uh, so, uh, I still have him as a post June one designation. Uh, it, it would be a little crappy to wait till after the draft to let him go, uh, as a team. So I'm a little surprised that they didn't do it right away. And I think that, that does lend itself to the idea that they are bringing him back. Uh, but, um, I'm still holding out hope that they come to their senses on that one. Yeah. And, uh, I just, well, um, yeah, I, I will, I will say to you on that one. If they get after the draft and the team doesn't solve a tight end scenario, a trade does become feasible because he would only carry an unguaranteed $9 million into the next year, and then the team could cut him after 22 with no dead. So I think if they hold on to him after free agency in the draft, I do think they could be a little little trade market for him for a year. Um, but I, 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 right. I, I, I'm just throwing that out there. So that could be another angle because that's when you know teams have settled in on their roster. They've looked at things, and he could even be a he could even be an early training camp deal type of guy. I think that's all on the radar uh, for sure. The thing that's it's so annoying to it's not annoying. I don't mean it to be that way, but like people were like, "Well, just make him the tight end, the third tight end." You know, you're going to keep. It doesn't <laughs> that. work that way. Austin Hooper has not been a second tight end since 2017, when his, his rookie year, like. Or was it 18 his rookie year? I can't remember. But like that guy has always been the tight end dude. And getting him to slip down to the second tight end, I think, is a nice accomplishment, let alone him being accepted. Like the Browns ran like 240 13 personnel snaps, which everyone thinks they ran a billion of them when they didn't. They, if you look at them compared to their peers, they did, right? Like they ran more 13 personnel than other teams, but they ran twice over twice that amount of 12 personnel so you're going to tell me that okay austin hooper's on the field for 250 plays 
It's going to be cool. He's going to be fine with that. He's going to be a real team player. It doesn't work that way. The reputation stuff, trying to keep guys happy. This isn't Madden where you just shuffle a depth chart. It doesn't work that way. Harrison Bryant needs those snaps. He's an identical player with more upside. That's why I want Austin Hooper gone. I don't want the aura of Austin Hooper hanging around decisions there, and it impacts things. It really it does, whether people want to admit that or not. It's not fantasy football. It impacts things. You don't want a sulking player on your roster. You don't want a third tight end who's unwilling to participate in special teams, right? So, like, yep. no thanks. No thanks for me. I'm I'm more than good. I hope the Browns have a back pocket plan with that player. I, I hope it comes to fruition. So, I didn't mean – I just want to get that opinion out. Didn't mean to hijack your point, which your point is very good. Um Anything no, else you want no. to add, or if you want to jump to Clowney, feel free to jump to Clowney too. Yeah, no, we'll jump to Clowney. Uh, that that pretty much says everything that I would have wanted to say. So, uh, you know, jumping to Clowney, uh, I think that he's been after this big deal for years. So it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, when he has his best year in several, uh, that he's looking to cash in on it. That was his thing. That's what he wanted to do. Uh, so there had to be a... Um, at least a thought that he was not going to come back. And I don't think the Browns were ever going to launch some big money, you know, three, four year deal at him. So um, it's unfortunate, um, but you really could kind of see it coming. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of good options. Uh, You know, I think that uh, they'll look to, you know, obviously this is a great class for DEs um, and garage players and, um, I think that there's some some nice secondary options on the market. Uh, I don't know what it would take to, or if they even wanted to part with uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, it's hard to understand exactly what he'd cost. I just think that uh, he'd be priced out based on, you know, looking at his age and kind of comparing it with uh, Khalil Mack today. Um, I just I don't see that as much of an option for him. Uh, but there's some very nice kind of secondary market. You know, the Colts have lived off these. You know, Chris Ballard has um, built his reputation. He gets a little more credit than I would give him. Uh, but one thing he's done extremely well at is secondary market free agency. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is uh, where the Browns, you know, that I, I just saw today that Olivier Vernon is healthy and looking, you know, hey, vet men deal. Sure, I'd bring him back for a vet men deal. Uh, yeah. Jerry Hughes, you know, that there's a lot of decent options um, in the secondary market you know probably you're talking not even second wave free agents you're talking probably third wave but i Bengals went to the super bowl based on the back of that market of free agent right like absolutely the the core was improved in cincinnati through all of those secondary free agent things so it's there so you're right that's a great point yeah so i i think that you know uh something like a you know depending on how things went at 13 is possible number 13 but I think at least it, it would probably surprise me if um, if they didn't take an edge player in their first two picks, um, and uh, and grab a secondary guy or a few. You know, uh, I think we probably need a few. Um, one one guy I definitely um, well, okay, it's a totally different position, but I will say, I want you know I want the Browns. I hope they're keeping their eye on Maurice Hurst. Mm-hmm. Guy I wanted out of the oh, draft. Oh no, he just signed with San Francisco tonight. I think he resigned. No, he did not. I saw I saw a tweet. <laughs> uh, somebody else had put a pod. I think it was Jake Lisco. I've had on this pod many times for, from the Cincinnati pod. They were talking. Yep, he resigned tonight. Oh, so damn it! 
All right. Sorry, I man. thought that was going to be a real nice little come up for us. Uh, anyway, th- that's what I expect. You know, I expect them to absolutely lean into this great um, draft class of, of defensive ends. I, I don't know where that'll be. I expect it to be day one or day two. Um, uh, and then, uh, you know, a handful of guys uh, based on need, you know, between the inside and outside um, on the secondary market. I don't mm-hmm. see, I don't know, maybe they'll sniff around Chandler Jones, something like that. Um, that's a possibility. Any guy, I would say any guy in maybe the second tier, maybe fringe first that wants to take a one-year deal, I think that they would be sniffing around at just like Clowney was last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think they'd take another shot just like Clowney. Um, other than that, I would, I would be looking at, um, you know, that kind of that bargain barrel type thing along with a uh, promising rookie. I think that the Hearst signing gives me a little bit of an inclination that DJ Jones and Arden Key might be on their way out. Two other guys from San Francisco I've been very interested in written on a little bit. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully that comes to fruition, but Hearst was one that I've heard a lot of people talk about. It's a good point. I think another thing I wanted to add to your clowny point was I think people forget he never got a payday. He did not get a big second contract and and folks forget that he remember that he was trying to work out a deal with the Texans and they traded him to Seattle. He played in Seattle, I think on the tag uh, or something like that got hurt. And then the, then the Titans shit. So he is looking for money because he never got the payday, the, the second contract. So I don't blame him one bit for chasing every NFL dollar that's out there, considering he didn't get the, the big payday those edge rushers drafted where he did obviously the first pick at the top of the draft usually do if they perform at least adequately. And he's performed adequately for most of his career. So it was kind of weird. He never got paid. So I do hope he gets good money somewhere. I don't expect it to be in Cleveland and I don't blame him one ounce for chasing every single NFL dollar. If he was coming off of like a, a second contract where he got 35 million guaranteed, he'd collected all that. Maybe his aspirations would be a little bit different, but I don't True. blame him a single bit. And people are like, well, why don't the Browns ever get guys to take less money? And I'm like, this is not the example of a guy who should be taking less money. He's chasing <laughs> dollars and rightfully so, because his body is, is broken down on him a few times and he put together a healthy season. And I hope that does yield some return for him. So not surprising. Mm-hmm. I like your, I like your approach of you can't replace. I don't think you can replace Clowney with one guy. So let's get multiple guys. Let's get some inside out flexibility guys. And that's kind of the angle I've been trying to take with that too. So as we close, did you watch the Batman yet? Got to ask you. Uh, I did not. Uh, and I didn't even see a review on it. I just uh, I just assumed that you liked it. So how was it? I'm not going to give anything away. So this is spoiler free for you folks who have not seen it yet. I need you to see it by the time we get together for next week's show. Does that sound fair? I can make that. I, w- I want to do a full on breakdown. It was... It was a movie that I have thought about for a week and I cannot wait to go when I go again tomorrow night. Like it's stuck with me. Um, I was always amazed where the Nolan trilogy took the character. And I still think the Nolan trilogy is hard to, to beat. This has a lot to do with that, but like, like to go to get there. But I thought it was every bit as good as any Batman movie I've seen in a completely different way. And like, I think I put it on Twitter where where I'm not I'm not I'm not a ranking the Batman movie guys. I can't I'm not doing that. But I think I felt watching that movie there were especially some moments where I was watching that movie where it felt as cool as out of my seat in a theater as excited as I've been at anything 
Nolan did. And I didn't think I'd get that again with Batman. I really didn't. So that is awesome. All of the characters were well played. The script was phenomenal. Like it was, it was really good. So I hope you get to it. Cause I'd really like to, to chat about some of the finer details and we'll warn people next week that some spoilers are coming and you should click out of it. But uh, yeah, next go week, see it, man. Do it, man. Go see it. I'll do All it. Right. We're booking it. Guys, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you on these Fridays. I get so many messages about how much people love the Friday shows, and I do too, because it's pick your topic and have some fun. And John's John's the best to do this with. We 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 typically challenge each other a little bit, agree on some things, and and I like hearing his point of view. So I think you uh, I think you guys too uh, do as well. So we'll keep doing it in perpetuity. John, you're the man. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, Jake. Have a good one, man. Have a good weekend. Likewise. And all of you have a good weekend too. I think right now I have one pod coming out over the weekend, perhaps two. We'll see what shakes out. If I can get one more recorded tomorrow, the minimum you'll have one is a free agency draft primer, uh, not draft, just free agency salary cap primer, teaching you everything about where the Browns are with the salary cap and what they have and what some moves would mean for them going into next week and, and the amount of money they could open up. It's an actually a very educational podcast. You should, you should digest before tampering starts on Monday. Reminder, 50% off the annual subscription starts tomorrow. Starts It's active while you're listening to this podcast right now. And then also, reminder, set some time aside Monday to join us on the Twitch channel for the subathon that will happen during the uh, kickoff of the NFL's free agent tampering period. It should be a blast. Thanks again to John for joining, taking his time late here on a Thursday night. I appreciate all of your guys' support, website, Twitch, and this podcast especially. Appreciate you. Stay safe. Be well. Have a fantastic weekend. And go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.